You're listening to Halloween Unleashed. Hello, everyone. Happy New Year, and welcome back. We're glad you could be with us, as always, for another episode of Halloween Unleashed. I am your disturbed, perturbed, but never reserved host, Aaron Bass, and across from me, as always, is the creator and producer of our show, the master of productions for everything here and behind everything WMP, the mad mask maker himself, Mr. Chris Morgan. Sir, how are you doing tonight? Tonight, I'm okay. In June, I'm going to be really good, though. And then post-June, you won't, everything will be pretty foggy, I would imagine. I'm going to be on cloud nine after June, just put it that way. Wyatt, I'll be rolling. What's up? <laughs> Nothing, you missed it. Anyways, and also joining us this evening is the Bonita Banshee herself, straight from the covered cauldrons of the Carolinas, the horror princess, Miss Hannah Santiago Price. Hannah, are you with us? Can you hear us all right? Yeah, I can hear you. Love the intro, by the way. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we're glad you could be here with us. How's the weather out there in the Carolinas this evening? Um, it is crisp. So it's very enjoyable for me because I love the cold weather. I'm a fan of cold weather myself, especially since I was born and raised up north. But there's a difference between northern and southern cold weather. Uh, it's been miserably raining and like cold today here in the Floridas. And I'm sure Chris can back me up on that. There's more than one Florida? <laughs> yeah. Florida. Yeah, the I heard Florida Florida's. does. I heard plural. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> if you've ever been to the Keys and you talk to people in the Keys, the key, the people in the Keys consider themselves their own little country. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I have been down there. Very beautiful area. Absolutely. Uh, getting back to the task at hand this evening, uh, we're going to start out our agenda for tonight uh, talking about something that you have a particular specialization in. You are a master of many cards, but one card in particular, I always call you the mad mask maker because that is something that you do have a specialty in. Do you not? I dabble a little bit here and there. Here and there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cute. Something on the side, just as a hobby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, at this point, I'm going to turn the hosting duties over to the lovely Miss Hannah Santiago Price, because speaking as a fan and as a mask collector herself, she brought the first subject uh, for tonight's agenda to the plate mm -hmm. to be talked about. And I'm going to let her take it from here because it's something that caught her eye and that she's very, very curious to know more about, as I'm sure everyone who is new to the hobby or has been in the hobby for a little bit but hasn't had uh, that much time to really expound their knowledge because, you know, they work for a living and they, you know, they have lives to take care of. So, Miss Hannah, I'm going to turn this over to you and please uh, take it from here. What are we going to talk about this evening? Okay, so uh, something that caught my eye that I obviously had um, 
I had noticed uh, this mask. It's called the Nemlock, the WMP Nemlock. And it caught my eye because, I mean, first of all, it looks really good. Second of all, um, you know, we, we all love the Halloween 2 masks. And, you know, and third of all, um, I've had, I was just curious. The name is what mostly caught my attention. Um, is there any relation, like, to the Warlock? Is that what it is? Is it, like, a hybrid of some sort? I just have to know. Well, if if Chris, if you don't mind me interrupting real quick, the topic of discussion is the WMP Nemlock. So before we actually get into those, you know, those details, Hannah, Chris, if you would like to, you know, start by giving us a history of the Nemlock, because obviously it was a mask before it came to WMP. If you want to give us, you know, start us off the history and then the history of how it got into your hands and, you know, we'll go from there. Sure. Um well, back back in like 2003, 2004, um, CGP released the Nemesis, and that was a highly sought after H1, H2 hybrid mask. And I mean, he painted them up all H2, but if you looked at the original Nemesis, it had very strong resemblance of an H1 in there too. So I always called it kind of like a hybrid of both. And so um, I looked at it as an H2 paint job with Nick Castle wearing it is kind of how I always looked at it. Um, But that was their first more accurate um, pieces that they put in their lineup back in the early days of collecting and um, not too long after that, um, I I may get my timelines mixed up here because I you have to you have to remember during the period of two thousand four through two thousand and eight, I was in it, but I was really more on a hiatus. I was partying a lot during that time, so I really wasn't too active. I browsed and I did not pay too much attention to specific timelines during that time. So I don't know if the St. Nick came before the warlock or the warlock came before the St. Nick. I'm pretty sure the St. Nick came out in 2006. Um, and the I warlock- was just about to say, I think St. Nick, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure if I had to bet money right now, I'd say St. Nick came first. I don't think so. I, I, I think it was the warlock and then the St. Nick. I, I'm pretty sure on that. But for argument's sake, tomato, tomato. Um, But like you, my memory from those days is very, very hazy. Exactly. And I I was drinking a lot during that period. And, you know, I may have mixed things up. Ditto. um, So when I got back into the hobby, you know, obviously we've talked about it many times on this podcast, you know. Uh, you gave me shit for it just as early as last weekend for ragging on H3O. But as soon as I got back into the hobby, like we were going to go and shoot H- H3O in 2007, 2008. And um, so by the end of H3O, I was realizing, hey, I, I, I want to get into mass making. And that's how I got the untamed mold, which we'll probably talk about in long form a different time. But I got the untamed mold. If those that don't know what the untamed is, it is it is an H6 mold. Um, that was my first mold. The second thing I got was the Steve Wang He Mask, which we've covered before. 
Um, then very highly underrated mask too, by the way, just had to time. say that I got some MMFX molds after that. And then, uh, Darren Jones, who does his own, he, he does, uh, a lot of old school Alan Howarth type synth um, music. He's uh, goes by Stranger at Home. Um, I can't remember. Can't remember his music um, line that he was doing because I haven't talked to Darren in probably it's about eight or nine years. So I don't know. He was just getting into it when doesn't matter. Uh, but he had he had the nemesis mold that he got from black lodge studios and black lodge studios was one of those uh, fly by night indie companies that would pop up, would do a run. And then they were gone. Like they were just like a popcorn fart. They were here today, gone tomorrow. (laughs) And there was a lot of, there was a lot of companies, independent companies that did that. And still to this day, I mean, there's, the rehaulers today are kind of like mogwais, you know, you get them wet and they fucking multiply, you know, they're, they're fucking everywhere. And back then, you know, there was a lot of people buying up stuff and um, CGP ended up selling off the nemesis master to uh, black lodge studios and black lodge studios ended up selling that nemesis master over to um over to Darren Jones and Darren Jones at the time was a moderator on the site that shall not be named. And, you know, that's when the site was actually pretty decent and they actually had a good moderator over there. Um, But he, um, he never, he never wanted to, I I mean, he was wanting to produce mass and get into it. But I think he just kind of said, eh, I, I'm not really interested anymore. And he kind of gave up on it. And so he put it up in the classified section that he was selling this master. And I was buying up masters at the time. So I saw it. I knew the history of, of the nemesis. And I said, I'll buy it. So I bought it and got it in. And I was like, sweet. You know, this is nice mask. It, it's, it's an old school. I was buying up. Like I was like my initial like WMP days, what I was basing a lot of my masks off of was I wanted to buy up old molds or old masters that had just been kicked to the curb that nobody wanted anymore because they, they deemed it as too old or too out of date or or what have you. And I wanted to kind of breathe new life into them and kind of give them a new fresh, fresh paint, you know, and no, no pun intended and just kind of bring them back to the hobby and say, Hey, don't forget about this mask. Don't forget about the he mask that, that started it. Sam Hain came after we just did an episode on it, but you know, that's why I bought the he mold. The, the untamed was being phased out by Bill Miller at Night Stalker Productions. I'm like, don't forget about this mask. This is a good mask. It's a good H6 mask. And when the Nemesis came out, it, um, I, it was in 2003, 2004. So by the time I picked it up, it was 2009. And so it had long been forgotten about, you know, because there was, there was nightmares out there. There was, uh, 75 Kirk replicas. There was all kinds of stuff out there. So people had just kind of just shelved it and forgot about it. So I was like, there's still some potential here. Um, 
maybe the eye cuts aren't perfect. You know, maybe they're not accurate, but that can all be fixed. And right around the same time, um, I'm not going to talk too much about this just because I don't really, I can say something, someone's going to take it the wrong way and it's just going to be a shit storm. And I live my life pretty drama free nowadays. So I like to keep it that way. But there was an individual that was working for um, Trankus Films that was in their social media department that was part of the hobby. And he got a job working there and his job wasn't to go around and harass people online, but he started doing that. Like he went after Sam McCain, he went after other people. Uh, but during this time, he went after uh, the people that had taken over for CGP after CGP had shut down for a little while. Um, and that company was uh, Cripco or Crip Company, whatever you want to call them. And they were producing all of Terry's molds. I got uh, the original Raining Red or H6, they called it the H6V2. I got the production mold off of them, you know, um, that I later bought the master directly from Terry. But I got a production mold and, and, made, and made my first master. I've talked about that on the H6 episode. Uh, it's in the archives. Uh, but um, when they were going around, or were they, when he was going around strong arming people in the hobby, um, Crip Company decided that I, I'm guessing, you know, I, I can't read their mind. I what I wasn't on the inside on their side, but from my side, they reached out looking for a potential buyer. I was a I was a buyer of theirs before from Masters or Molds. So they reached out to me and said, hey, do you want to buy the Warlock? And I said, fuck yeah, I do. You know? Right. Uh, hey. Yeah. You know, the most successful mask of all time? Yeah, I'll fucking buy that mold. So I bought it. And my plan was, was shit. You know, like I had just gotten, I was working for that, that, I've talked about it on this show before I was working for full sale university in winter park, Florida. It's a film school. I was a, I was a film advisor, which was a career counselor basically. And I was there for three, three and a half years. And um, just like with anything, and this is a lot of reason why people in the hobby don't like me is I don't bullshit people. And you had these, because people were, it was an 18 month film school and you come out with a bachelor's degree. Okay. So kids were getting out of high school at 18 years old, going directly into college. And by 20, they were, they were claiming that they had a bachelor's degree. All of them going in wanted to be Spielberg and they're coming into my office looking for me to help them guide their career and help them. And I've worked in the industry. I know how it is. I've directed stuff. I've produced stuff. Hell, I've shoveled shit on the sidewalk and I liked it before. And I worked for a cheeseburger. That's how, that's the nitty gritty, dirty part of that business that people don't understand. There are going to be producers also that will walk up to you and say, hey, do you want to, you want to get a higher paying gig? Suck my dick. There are people in the industry that do that. I witnessed it. 
I was propositioned. I didn't do it, but I was propositioned for it. But I was brutally honest to the point where I was getting a lot of complaints. I already didn't see eye to eye with my supervisor because he was a two-faced, gutless, uncircumcised prick. Um, And that's putting it politely. And one day it blew up so big where he got up in my face. I'm, I'm, I'm in my desk. I know this is a sidebar, but these are the stories that people like to hear. They like to hear me go off on people. So, um, he comes, everyone get your popcorn ready. He comes over my desk and takes his finger and sticks it straight in my face. And I'm sitting there and I'm shaking because I'm so fucking pissed and I'm holding back because I don't want to go to jail. And I'm just, I'm sitting there and I'm listening to him fucking berate me. And I'm shaking and I'm to the point where I'm getting ready to just fucking blow. And then he says, what, you going to be a pussy? You going to be a pussy and cry? You going to be a pussy and cry? And I said, if you don't get the fuck out of my face, I'm going to break your fucking skull is what I'm going to do. But I didn't. He backed up because I think he knew that I was at, I was at that point. But what I did is I did what any, anybody should do is I'm going to take, I'm going to take the legal route. I'm going to go the legal way. I marched my ass over to HR and reported him for his conduct. And I walked in because I had for six months, I had been keeping documentation so I had 18 pages of documentation on him signs from, from people, you know, that said the same thing about him. Long story short, they did their investigation for a solid week. And because they were looking for ways to get rid of me because of the complaints that they were getting from the students, parents, because I was hurting their feelings because I was telling them, when you get out of school, the important thing is now, like I would see them six months before they graduated. I said, all right, you're going to be graduating in six months. What you need, if you want to be Spielberg, if you want to take that path, if you want to be a director, this is the path you need to take. You need to get in right now while you don't have student loans, because you got six months left. You're on the backside of your, of your uh, college education. You can, um, at this point, take up an internship. Um, You can start building your resume, start working on independent projects. Don't go out expecting to get paid. Build your resume, get credits. And then in three months, let's sit down and start talking about the plan that you have about where you're going. And let's start looking at opportunities and look at ways to get you there. I said, but I'm telling you, you're probably going to have to work on several big films if you're able to get on those big films, but you're going to have to work on music videos. You're going to have to work on commercial shoots. You're going to have to work on the things that maybe you don't want to work on right now, but these are all ways to build your experience, build your resume, earn your stripes, go through the ranks and, and work your way up. You're networking every shoot that you're on, you're networking, you're getting to know people. 
And those people know other people. And if you go above and beyond, you're going to take that next step. So my job as your advisor is to advise you on the best steps possible for your career path. So this is what you need to do. Yes, you're going to go pick up cigarette butts off the side of the street because somebody won't pick it up. You're going to make coffee for people. You're going to break up ice and put and refill ice in everybody's cups that that are thirsty. You're going to do the bitch work. You're not going to get paid for a lot of it in the early going. But this is why you need to start doing this now, because six months after you graduate, those student loans are going to start coming in and they're not a couple hundred dollars a month. The tuition at that time, it's probably through the roof now, but the tuition at that time is $120,000. Let's look at your student loans. Did you pay anything to get in here? Did your parents pay it? You're going to have to pay those loans back. So let's start building your time now so that when those student loans start coming in, you're able to start paying that back and you're able to have a, a good paying job at that point. They didn't like hearing that. They wanted me oh. to coddle them. Yeah, well, they want instant grat- They want instant gratification. They want, oh, no, this is what I went to school for. I want to be able to come out and instantly be, be the next Spielberg. Right. And the other part is, is they wanted me to find work for them. I said, that's not what a career advisor does. I'm here to advise you. I'm here to line up alongside of you. I'm not here to get you gigs. If the occasional gig comes in and you and I have built that relationship, I'm going to recommend you for that gig. But if I don't know you, I'm not putting my reputation and the school's reputation on the line sending you there because I don't know you. I don't know the type of work you do. You're going to show up. You're going to go off on a fucking producer. And guess who's going to hear about it? We are. And then shit rolls downhill. Eventually, it's going to get to my desk. And what do you think is going to happen to me? I'm not going to be able to feed my family. So let's build this relationship. Let's work together. You're going to have to shovel shit and like the taste of it at the same time because you're going to eat some of it too and you're going to like it it's not the most glamorous thing that you see on tv there's a lot there's an army to make every production that happens you are just one little piece of the cog starting out eventually you can be someone that went to full sale like a darren lynn bowsman that did the repo the genetic opera you can be that guy if that's who you want to be but these are but if you sat down with darren lynn bowsman and asked him what were the steps you got there? He was just here six months ago. He, he did a Q&A panel. He told you his path. That's how he got there. Did he get a couple lucky breaks along the way? Yes. He was the exception to the rule. Not everything happens that way. Bottom line is you've got to make it happen, but you've got to start now. And I'm here to help you, but I'm not going to do it for you. Of course, they didn't like that. So uh, uh, to make a long, to, to, to shorten this part of the story is a lot of parents were calling and complaining about what I was saying. And I wasn't getting their kid, their kids work. I was. Yeah, I didn't them, know that. I didn't know that you worked for workforce. Exactly. <laughs> I didn't. Exactly. Um, so I was, they were looking for reasons to get rid of me. So they did their week long investigation on my complaint against my uh, supervisor. And um, they brought me in. They made me come drive an hour to, to, to go to the school, walk into HR. 
and they said that um, everybody that had was assigned witness on this, we've all interviewed them, and they said that they they don't stand behind that. And I said, well, wow. somebody got. I said somebody got to them then. I said because not only do you have this motherfucker on. I didn't say that. I said not only do you have this individual on sexual harassment first of all against women. I said, you got him over my desk in my face with his finger pointing right at me. Calling me a pussy. In my face. And they said, well, there was no witnesses to that. It's your word against his. I said, well, what? Let me ask you this. What the fuck? I didn't say that. I said, what is the purpose of HR if HR is not going to do their job? And then the, his supervisor sitting next to me, she looks over at me and she goes, well, Chris, it boils down to this. We've been looking to fire you for the last month. And what it boils down to is today is going to be your last day. And um, you've made this a a very uncomfortable situation. We're not firing him. We're not going to do anything to him. We will continue our investigation of him and continue um, our our sensitivity training with him. But you are no longer welcome on this campus. You are no longer welcome here. Blah 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 blah. See you later. Well, okay then. Wow. And at that point, security was there to escort me out of the building. And I said, "Well, what about my stuff that's still in my office?" And they said, "Well, we've already got someone packing up your office for you, and we'll." We'll we'll have a driver bring it to you, but you're not welcome here to come get it. Oh, okay. Fuck off. So, yeah. um, But during that week that I was off, while they were investigating, I was making masks. I was making molds. I was. I was. I. I didn't. I didn't expect to go back to that position. I what I felt like they were going to do is that they were going to find a different position for me elsewhere in within the organization. You know, maybe not as a career advisor, they were going to put me over in admissions where everybody just has a terrible day because nobody likes to do admissions work, or they were going to put me in um, collections for student loans, whatever the fuck they were going to put me. But bottom line is, is you kept busy. I kept busy. For a solid week, let them run their investigation. I said, this all work itself out, you know, but I was already, I'm like, you know what? I don't want to fucking go back. I said, I'm having more fun doing this than I ever did for the last two years of working at that place because I don't have to work underneath that jack off every day. Yeah. Personal epiphany. Yeah. So they kind of did me a favor, but. You know, like I was already to to catch everybody back up, get back on the mass topic because we were talking about the warlock. I bought the warlock uh, right before the whole HR incident, before I was sent home for a week, and I I had it molded, I had it ready, I had a casting ready. <laughs> you know, I was I was ready to rock and roll in the warlock. Well, um, Cripco makes a post on the site that shall not be named that says 
Um, we're no longer in business. CGP is coming back. Now, keep in mind, I had just bought this mold three weeks prior. Okay. All right. CGP is right. coming back. Um, all molds and masters are going back to, to CGP. Anything else that you see out there is a recast or a stolen mold. Oh, well, the good thing about you, my friend, is I know you're like me. You always keep the receipts. Didn't matter. I, I showed it to the people on that site that shall not be named, and they didn't give a fuck. They well, they don't deal in reality either. No, they don't. You know, and that's <laughs> been the problem there. You know, for the better part of twelve to fifteen years. But point is, I'm like, okay, and um. There's a listener to the show that could back me up on this. I'm, I'm not going to name his name, but he was on the list to get that warlock. And he had, he, I could have fulfilled the order and said, fuck him. You know, I could have, but you know me, man, I, I, I try to be professional and say, you know what, if this is going to be my livelihood or if this is going to be the path, the career path I'm taking, I'm not going to burn any bridges. I'm not going to, I'm not going to rock the boat. I'm, I'm going to be professional. I'm going to try and get along. I'm going to try and do the best I possibly can to navigate these waters and go through the shit storm that I have to go through and I'll come out better on the other side. And that's how I've always been. And I think you can back me up on that because that's how I've been through some of my darkest periods in this hobby that you've known me. Um, so I decided after $1,500 of shelling out that money that, you know, I was never able going to never able to get back. Uh, I decided to shelve it. And I was like, well, that sucks. And Aaron, you've seen the master, mm-hmm. you know, up until a couple of years ago, I still had it, but it's gone now. It, it brought it away. It's, it's done, you know, but um, you saw it when I moved into my new house back in 2017, you can back me up and say the thing was legit. Um, oh, absolutely. I helped you box them all up. Yep. So, um, I was looking at all CGP masks and I got to be real careful how I navigate this next part because I don't want, I don't want anybody to think I'm mad at Terry or I'm pissed at Terry talking shit about Terry because I'm not, I, I have no issues with Terry. I haven't, I have none. He has an issue with me. That's Terry's problem. But I, as far as I'm concerned, we're, we're all right. You know, uh, I, because a little bit later down the road and I'll, I'll get to it. You know, Terry made things cool with me and I made things cool with him and you know, the rest is history. But um, so for those people out there that like to stir shit and only like to hear parts of the story, let's nah, not even full, acknowledge them and don't even get the full fucking context. Listen to what <laughs> is about to come out of, come out of my <laughs> fucking mouth. I don't have an issue with Terry. I'm telling a story of how it, went start to finish that's why you tune into the show so 
before you go blow up his inbox and start to try and stir shit, go back and listen to it a couple of times. Make sure you fucking comprehend what I'm about to say. We've got Dotson here. You know, it's kind of impossible for them, but I guess we can still try. We can try. They don't, they don't, they don't, they don't matter, man. Well, they do because they, they cause me fucking stress. That's the problem, you know, and they, 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 they go and they kick somebody's fucking horn and they kick a hornet nest that didn't need to be messed with. Yeah, man, don't even give them that much credit. Well, I, I, I don't give them the credit, but when you're on the receiving end from the person that they told, and now you've got to defend yourself to that person and set the context straight, it's still fucking aggravating. So, um, anyway, I was looking at all CGP masks. I was looking at their H1, H2 lineup. I was looking at the nemesis. I looked at the St. Nick. I looked at the warlock and um, also the Tiberius that, that, that's what came after the nemesis. It was the Tiberius. Um, the Tiberius is a, is a Kirk. And um, all, the, all the Tiberius was, was the nemesis with Kirk eyes put into it. It's all it was. So I was looking at all of them. I said, well, the Tiberius is the nemesis. Huh. And I looked at the St. Nick because I was redoing a St. Nick. And I was looking at the St. Nick. I said, well, the St. Nick looks like it has a lot of the same cgp features like or nemesis features so when i peeled off the hair i'm looking at the signature i said well the hairline's kind of the same as the nemesis well the signature's kind of the same as the nemesis let me go get that fucking warlock master because they they all kind of look the same so i put them all side by side and i'm looking at them and bro you've seen me sit down in front of things and just stare at things and start picking them apart And then I, <laughs> yeah, you, you know, you know what I'm doing right now. I'm reenacting it as I'm telling the story. Yep. I'm looking at the nemesis. I'm looking at the St. Nick. And then I look at the warlock and I said, son of a bitch. Every single one of them started from this nemesis. Every one of them. Now for you fuckers out there that like to stir shit. I don't have a problem with what I'm about to say. All of it was retooled from the nemesis. That's okay. It was Terry's mask. He could retool it, redo it, put out a new product from it a hundred different ways. And I don't care because I do the same thing. Who gives a shit? When you own the property, it's yours to do with. The owner's prerogative. Bingo. But I looked at it and I said, well, I can't do anything with the warlock but i can do something with the nemesis let me see if i stuff this master fatter wider right here here and here i did it i stepped back and i looked and i looked over i said son of a bitch they look not damn near identical but i'm like shit that's pretty fucking close i said if if those eyes can be redone we might have something here if i can add the little bump inside the the proper right eye uh, right near the bridge of the nose like the warlock has 
when those eyes are cut out, that'll flare up a little bit more and give them that little bit more of that warlock scowl. Maybe we have something here. And so that's exactly what we did. And I was like, shit, we have a potential chicken salad out of chicken shit situation. And got it molded, got a pull done, did the proto, wore the proto on um, Halloween night, 2010. I was over the moon with it. I was like, fuck yeah, this thing, shit. I mean, and everybody that uh, during that time I was kicked off of the site that shall not be named because I wasn't allowed to sell uh, night stalkers over there. Um, you know, those fuckers have been a thorn in my ass ever since I picked up a bucket of latex. So fuck them. Um, <laughs> and I've done better without them than I ever did with them. So fuck them. Um, so I was on crypt show. And then by that point I had the WMP message boards going and um, members were commenting, loving, saying, this, shit, I'm, I'm going to sell my Warlock and get one of these. You know, this thing looks badass. And I'm like, well, f- fuck yeah. You know, I'm like, this thing is, a, people are saying that they're going to sell off their Warlocks. What's, you know, at that point was the most popular, most sold independent uh, H2 mask that had been produced to that point. And they're going to sell that for this? fuck i'm on to something here this is badass i need a name for it i'm like well it's not quite a nemesis i can't call it a nemesis it's not a warlock but i think i was drinking uh a couple seven and sevens and i was like ah maybe i'll just call it a nemlock (laughs) it was a a joke (laughs) and then i put it up as a poll you know, I think um, there was a Dr. Mixter 81 and I, I don't remember all the names. It was some, some, some dumb shit, but everyone voted on, voted for the Nemlock. I mean, it was, it was overwhelming. I think it was like 85% was like voted for the Nemlock name and that's how it stuck. But a couple of years later, um, I ended up reaching out to Terry and we were going back and forth early on it was bullshit you know like i was apologizing that you know there was any any issue between us i said i don't want any bad blood i'm 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 cool with producing this you know um you know he goes well i can tell you that nobody from cripco reached out to you um i know joe and dusty they did not reach out to you they did not sell you that and i said well maybe somebody sold me a fake master from somewhere else. You know, I just kind of let it go. And I said, but I want us to be cool. And then he's like, well, um, I'm getting ready to sell off the CGP H6 V2. And I know you're a big H6 fan. Would you like to buy it? You know, like I know that you got that production mold, you know, would you like to buy it? Sure. How much you want for it? He gave me a price. I bought it and the rest is history. The reigning red became one of the most popular masks during that era. So all in all, like I said, I got no issues with Terry. I got no issues, you know, looking back on it. Um, Hannah, I think I've told you this before, um, just in like some private chats is like, I don't look at any situation as a bad situation. It may be uncomfortable at the time, but you always learn something from it and you always come out better on the other side from it. So um, I look back on that experience and say, yeah, was it, 
was it shitty there for a little while? Was it uncomfortable for a little while? Was I pissed off for a little while? Yeah, but the project, the end result, the, um, the legacy of that mask is still talked about today. And that's something I can be extremely proud of. Well, that's good. That's quite a story. Um, wow. You know, I kind of, I, I was thinking in my head, um, why, you know, the, the name about it, because the name is basically what caught my attention. I was like, is this, I said, if, if I'm right, this will be really cool. But I was thinking in my head, is this like a nemesis slash warlock thing? So that feels pretty good that I heard that from you. Yeah. And it was, it was all because I was drinking, you know, all good, all, all good ideas for me come when I'm drinking. So very nice. Fuck yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah. Except, except when Aaron and I are in my old workshop trying to mold a Kirk a couple of weeks before I'm about to move out of my old house. And we had one too many Coors Lights. <laughs> Oh, dang. Yeah, the Metallica was playing hard that night. Yeah, it was. Oh, I appreciate that story. That was really insightful. You're very welcome. Yes. That's that's one for the ages in terms of where he started from, what he was doing, and then ultimately, you know, just the shit work that he was doing that helped get him recognized and helped propel him onto bigger projects that ultimately helped make his career. Yeah. Um, you know, I can, I can even say going back into, I like, cause I was, I was released from that job in May of May 10th, 2010. I'll, I'll never forget that day. Um, but during the fall when, yeah, about, fall Halloween season of 2009 is when I was producing uh, the untamed and the first, the first uh, version of the reigning red, there was three versions of it. The first version that came from the production mold that I turned into a master. It wasn't very good. It was a little worn out and everything, but, and had I not done H3O, had I not reweathered the H3O mask, had I not caught the attention of people with that mask that asked me to do it to theirs or that got me interested in that, that initial, Hey, I'm going to buy the untamed mold from Bill Miller. That would have never happened. I would have never bought the he mold. I would have never bought any of the molds or did any of the things that I did during that late 2009 start for WMP. Um, And in many ways, um, I was I it as early as August of 2009. I was looking to leave that position. I just didn't know where. I was like, "What? Where else am I going to go? What else am I going to do?" I had no idea. I didn't want to get back into sales. I, I absolutely hated it. Um, I hated the pressure. I hated the stress. Um, the anxiety it would it would cause. Um, and I'm like, I don't want to get back into customer service. I don't want to do this. I can't move out West. Um, at this point, walking dead had started. It was season one, um, <laughs> or at least they were, they were, they were filming it. I, I know, I know because, you know, like a lot of crew calls was coming across my desk for a zombie show they were doing in Atlanta, Georgia. So, um, but I'm, I'm, I, I know I'm rambling, but th- these are important stories that had, 
had I not had that run in 2009 and had I not done H3O and got all those experience and got that bug that getting bit by the latex bug may of may 10th 2010 probably would have been a lot more catastrophic for me um professionally because i probably would have been looking to say they're going to place me in a different position somewhere else within the organization and this is all going to work itself out. Justice will prevail, all that stuff. And then when it didn't, I would have been absolutely crushed with no fallback. So the fact that I would, I was already for a week making mass, having fun, making people happy and getting, you know, I was moving on. And at that point I was like, Hey, if this doesn't go my way, I got something to fall back on and I'll get to work out of my backyard that'll be cool. You know, and um, I got to do it for five years, five and a half years. And it's something I I look back on very, very fondly, very, very vividly. And I'm, I'm able to smell certain smells from that time or look back in very, very clear vision, 2020 hindsight and say, those were some of the best years of my life. And um the Nemlock was part of that story. And um, I still get asked about it to this day. I mean, obviously, Hannah, you asked about it, but I get asked about, hey, are, are you ever going to be able to bring it back? The answer is no, I can't because the the the, the master, unfortunately, did not make it. Um, it was one of the masters that uh, over time, for, for those that don't know, um, We live in very hot climates down here in Florida. And during a, during a period I had masters that I wasn't using stored somewhere and only did this once. So, you know, you, you have to learn your lesson and then you learn from it and you move on. But the Nemlock was one of those masters that was in too hot of a climate and the rubber got too hot and it got gooey and it just, it was done. It didn't survive. So no, I can't, I can't bring that back. Unfortunately. Oh, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Most unfortunately. Um, I almost came out with um, during that same time period, I almost came out with the Nem castle. It never, it never got off the ground though. Oh, dang. That would have been cool to see. Yeah. I just, all I did is I did what, what was done with the nightmare and I, shoved a bunch of clay in the eyes of the nemesis master and molded it. And I'm like, I'll just do what I do with the nightmare and I'll just draw them on and cut them out. And I did a couple pulls off of them, but people were wanting night stalkers. They didn't, they didn't want the nemesis with basically like a blank canvas, like the nightmare was They're like, well, if I'm going to get that, I might as well just get a nightmare, you know? And by that, by that time, AHG and I were, you know, doing stuff with the Night Stalker together. So like the, the Nem castle never got off the ground. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, would be cool, but you know, there's a reason for everything. Does, um, I don't know. I'm pretty sure I told the story before, but I know I have, but well, it's been a while. The, yeah, I told it on the ghost, uh, the ghost story. Um, the origins of the original ghost is is the nemesis 
Really? Mm -hmm. What? It's in the archives. For those have not that have not heard that story, go listen to it. Yes, because there's another fun bit of history right there that people may not be aware of. Yep. I did a clay pour on the nemesis and I said, I'm going to, that was my first foray into sculpting was how can I make this more accurate and do it by myself and not hire anybody. Mm. So that's kind of like how, so it basically got you in a sense started up again. No, I was still, I know I, that was in 2012. So I was in full WMP mode. Like, I think I had just switched the name to wicked masks at the time. Um, That was your first endeavor into the uh, working with sculpting field. Yeah. Yeah, That's, that's all it was. It was, it was that because everyone says, Oh, Chris Morgan, you can't sculpt. I'm like, well, let's find out. All right. Well, it's definitely not something that, I mean, as someone who considers myself a musician at heart, it's definitely not something that you're going to master overnight. I mean, it takes a lot of hard work and dedication and repeated, you know, tries and tries and tries. And, you know, to know where you started at with the ghost back in 2012 uh, to being over your shoulder and watching you, you know, first person uh, go to town on the uh, on the uh, UL HD that you birthed uh, right there in your garage. Uh, yeah, I, I, definitely night and day difference, but definitely also a result of that, you know, hard work and dedication. Well, if you go back and look at the original Ghost, and then you turn right around and you look at the Ghost seventy eight V two, like where it's morphed into, you're going to be like damn it's come a long way yeah no that's like night and day difference yes and but i mean you're also you're talking about 10 years ago too when i when i when i initially did that so um you always want to say well i really hope that i can improve on each project otherwise why are you doing it if you're just going to stay the same well in musicians terms uh that's akin to hey starting out and mastering the beginning of enter sandman and then, you know, uh, growing to the point to where you can play Master of Puppets with your eyes closed. Agreed. Exactly. It's like, you know, when you start out, you're like, oh, this is so good. And then later on, you're like, you know what? I could make a couple of changes here because I feel like, you know, you know, you do comparisons and it's just your eyes change, you know, over time, too. And it helps you get better. Yeah, and that's why I encourage um, new sculptors, like when they send me stuff, they always want to know, and, and I don't mean this derogatory against anybody that, that has done it, so please don't think I'm, I'm, I'm shitting on you, I'm not. Um, I understand why you do it, and I appreciate it. It's a, it's a show of respect, and I am very grateful that you care enough about my opinion, but at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what my opinion is. But I get asked a lot, hey, I'm doing this whatever sculpt, you know, uh, what do you think? Do you think it looks good? Do you think this? Do you think that? It doesn't matter what I think because I could sit there. I could sit there and I could pick it apart for you. And you think I'm a fucking dick because I did it. Um, And you're not going to take anything away from it because 
art is a personal pride and um, you're always going to have a love for it, no matter how good or how bad it is. You're always going to have love for your art and you should, and you're going to have love for your craft. And if you don't, you shouldn't be doing it, but you're always going to think, and Aaron, you, you've heard me say this before. You've always asked me, well, what do you think of that? Like when something I would put out, you know, like brand new. And I'm like, give me six or seven pulls and I'll tell you, you know, it's part of the process. It is because when it first comes out, it's new. It's I birthed this, this, this was in clay. This was this. And I did that. And you know, you're excited. And then you got people online, social media, more so nowadays that are constantly feeding that. And sometimes it's fake. Sometimes people don't know any better. And they're like, Hey, that looks really cool. Sometimes people are just doing it to support them. But a lot of times you're like, if you just took a little bit more time and, and, and refine certain areas, it, it'd probably come out a lot better. And this is why, why I said, when you're just starting out a sculpting venture or rehauling or whatever the case may be, you should never be getting into it, looking at it. Well, I'm going to make money at this because you're not. And I don't mean that mean, it's just, you should be getting into it because of your love for the character, your love for the art or your love for this. And you should be constantly saying, what can I do to improve and be better? And how can I outperform myself? Don't look at other artists work and try to copy what they do. Go off of what you do. Create something new. Be, be a trailblazer. Somebody that sets a new tone that now new artists coming in are looking at you and saying, because of that guy, I want to get in. Don't try to emulate what everybody else is doing. Try to try to be better than that and different than that, because it's either you're going to come in at a ground level and you got two choices. I can either be greater than, or I can be different than be different than, because if you're going to come in and you're going to try and tackle as a newbie and tackle someone that's been doing it for 10, 12 years. And I'm not talking about me. There's plenty of guys out there. There's guys out there that have been doing it 35 years. So I'm not, I'm not talking about me. I never got into this industry and said, Hey, I'm going to be the next Paul Daniels. That's been doing it for 30 years. I never did that. I never got into this and saying, Hey, I'm going to be the next AHG. I respected his work. I wanted to take certain things that, he did, but I wanted to do my own thing and create my own style so that people looked at me and said, that's a Chris Morgan style. It's not an AHG style. There's elements to it, but it's its own thing. And so I've always tried to stay true to that. And I've always, and it's probably why I still do it and still find the satisfaction to this day is because I'm always looking at something and I'm always my worst critic. And I'm saying, what can I do on the next one? That's better than that one. What, what can I do differently? That's going to put the next one over the top of that one, because there's, there's, there's going to be a next one and I've got to be better than that. So that's what drives me anymore is that aspect of it is I want to constantly be working on my craft. I couldn't give two shits notoriety and what people think. And 
I appreciate the people that are respectful and care and all that stuff. I love all that. I love talking to all of you guys, but if my work shit, then none of that other stuff matters. So focus on your craft first and focus on not trying to get rich because you're not going to period. I I mean, you you could be doing this 15, 20 years and you're not going to get rich. It's not a business that is so lucrative that you can retire on in 10 years. It's not that type of business. It's a hobby. Treat it as such. If you've got a career somewhere else, keep that career. Use this as a side thing that once a year, like I was going to do and go out and use it for a new car or something or save up or do a, do a, do a cruise, do a trip. If you got kids, go, go splurge it on your kids or do something with it, you know, put it in savings, invest it, whatever you're going to do with it, but focus on, focus on your art and don't focus on the financial or even the social what people think of your shit, because you know what, at the end of the day, and I hate to say it like this, a lot of people are fake. A lot of people are going to say, man, that looks fucking great. They'll be the first one that shits on it or doesn't buy one when you rush it and mold it. And now you're sitting there with something that you're very proud of, but nobody's buying it and you don't understand why. And it's after a couple, couple months, you're like, well, I need to shelve that project because it didn't come out well. It happens all the time. I, I've been watching it happen for 10 plus years. I'm just like, man, if this guy just would not have listened to the five people that chimed in and blew a bunch of smoke up his ass, the thing had potential to go further than it did, but he blew his wad on that. And it's a learning lesson. We all got to learn. We're all human beings. But I really wish that he would have taken the time to hone that in a little bit better. Wow, Sorry, you know, I'm, I'm boring you guys, aren't I? No, no, no. That actually reminded me of something. Um, there was a guy, and I, I feel bad because I, I can't remember his name, but he was in um he was in the Michael Myers Mass Collectors group, and I think he's he might still be in there. And um he shared some pictures of this, like just this project that he was doing. It was like a, it was own his own version of his mask that he could do from you know Michael Myers mask. And, um, he didn't use any, um, I don't, I'm pretty sure he started like fresh. I don't think he used any uh, molds or anything or, um, and it really, it did not like all, it, it did not really look like a Myers mask at first, but he was like showing us the progress of how he started and, you know, where he's going. And he's like, you know, he even said, I know it doesn't look like much, but this is just where I'm at. What do you guys think? And I told him, I said, I think you should keep going. You know, I said, you know, it, you're going to have people that are going to sit here and be like, oh my God, that's not screen accurate, bro. Like this guy's just starting out and he like, yeah, he appreciates opinions, but don't sit there and be like, yeah, it's perfect. Go ahead and hear it. You know, like, don't, don't do that. Like encourage them to keep going, you know, um, be helpful and be honest, you know, don't, don't be an asshole, but just encourage them to, to keep on um, looking at things differently and, you know, keep on trying, you know, keep going. Cause eventually eventually you'll get inspired by that and you're like you know what I can do better I can do better I can do better it's like you know the the same kind of goes for for any art you know you grow and you grow and you grow in it and yeah you get your opinions but at the end of the day it's how you feel about it 
and um and how much you want to keep going with it you know don't don't give up so easily just because you're like well I'm going to do this real quickly and you know see what happens and then you know I'll just throw it out there if no one buys it then you know fuck it but no this this guy seemed pretty genuine like he wanted to it was more like a like a like a fun thing for him to do you know he had he seemed really like excited to do it you know and he wasn't he wasn't talking about like I can't wait to sell this thing he it was nothing like that it was just genuine appreciation for his like for his uh for this creation that he was coming up with and that's what I really liked that I I think I know I think I know who you're talking about and I absolutely agree and 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 the the person that you're talking about we're talking about the same person um he's a really really nice guy and um we should all try to be mindful and, and and encouraging I mean we should never be fake about about things but you know i've told the story before it's been a few years but you know this is a quick one but this is how rick ramby and i became friends he was he was working on and he was working on an original kirk sculpt that he kept putting pictures out and like nobody was commenting nobody was liking him you know nobody was giving him feedback and he was asking for it nobody was helping him and like nobody was encouraging him and i'm like what the fuck? I mean, I, I was, I was not even in the, in, in, in the hobby or anything. I was, um, you know, I was, it was in Kevin King's group, the HMMAT group. And I just reached out to him privately and I said, Hey man, um, I, I, I don't know how open you are to suggestions. I don't know how much I can help you, but I'm seeing that there's not a lot of people out there that are giving you the feedback that you need. I could sit here with you privately and I can help you on some things if you're interested. And to this day, I I mean, we don't talk about it every time we get on the phone, like, dude, remember back that day, you know, we don't talk like that, but (laughs) every once in a while it'll come up that, Hey man, you know, I'll, I'll never, he goes, I'll, I'll never forget that shitty sculpt I was doing. He'll say it himself. He's, he's such a cool guy, but he's like that shitty sculpt that was working on that ground up. And, um, he said, it's how you and I became friends. And I'm like, yeah, man, it's like, that's what it's about. It's about helping each other and encouraging one another, not always telling them exactly everything that they want to hear, but you know, you can, you can tell someone no with without completely tearing them apart. And that's the, that's the humility of it. Like I learned this and Aaron, um, you know, this, cause I've talked about this guy several times, like my mentor, his name is Bo. Bo never told someone no. Doesn't mean he always told everyone. Yes. But he never came out and said, no, we can't do it. He always said, you know, that's interesting. Here's another way we could try it. So it was a beautiful way and a very tactful way to tell someone no, or maybe that's not a good idea, but we could try it this way. It's never about what you can't do. It's about what we can do. And I don't think there's enough of that in this world, especially not in this hobby. Um, because I think a lot of times you get on social media and you think that you're, you got Facebook balls and those are always fun. And, you know, I, I always try to, for those that say I'm an asshole, you know, you know, I treat people accordingly, but 
I always try to, like, if you come at me genuinely, I always try to lend a helping hand where it is. I noticed that a lot of people like in this hobby have a tendency to, they don't do any artwork themselves, but they'll just look at somebody trying to get out there and they're just like, like just, just trying to do their own thing, you know, not, not like, not like trying to do like rehauls right away and trying to sell stuff right away. Like people just trying to do their own thing. And then they're just laughing at them and just, you know, just demeaning them. Like, you like, are you like, are you fucking serious? Like that looks like shit. Like don't do something like that. Like if you don't like it, keep scrolling. But if you really feel like they need to hear something, just say here, you know, like maybe if you, maybe if you looked back on this and that, like give them some advice, you know, um, or tell them what you think, but don't, don't be an asshole. You know, there's, there's, there's no reason for that. 100% agreed. Yeah. Especially when you're sitting back and you're not doing shit yourself, you know? So. Yep. I agree. Mm Mm-hmm. 